Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Jonathan, for helping us to come into the presence of God this morning. This fall at Kenilworth Union Church, Katie and Christine and I are talking about the birth and the rebirth of the church. We're doing this by looking at the book of the Acts of the Apostles. This pandemic has severely stressed uh, global congregations in Christendom, and so we're thinking about what the church might look like in its rebirth, and to do that, we're looking at the early churches, the early years of the church's existence in the first century. So, Acts chapter 5, now many signs and wonders were done among the people through the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. Yet more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, great numbers of both women and men, so that they even carried out the sick to the streets and laid them on cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall across the sick as he passed by. A great number of people would also gather from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Thanks be to God for God's holy word. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you remember Martin Scorsese's film, The Departed, from 2006, about vile gangsters and corrupt cops in present-day Boston? The Motion Picture Academy awarded The Departed Best Picture of 2006, partly because it featured so many compelling performances from so many of America's greatest actors, it was hard to know whom to honor first, Nicholson, Damon, DiCaprio, and Wahlberg. There's more violence in it than Hamlet and a higher body count than King Lear. It's a pretty dark film, and so imagine my surprise when it begins with a very uplifting sentiment. Jack Nicholson delivers this quip in voiceover. Years ago, he says, years ago we had the church, which is just another way of saying we had each other. Part of what it means to be the church is that we have each other. That's not all there is to it, right? We need, to be God, we need God to be part of the company as well. What if God were not part of our faithful company and all we had were each other? Then what you'd have is the departed with crooked Irish cops worshiping in one congregation and wicked Italian mobsters in another. Each other is not enough. We learned the last two weeks that we need to be Christ's witnesses to the ends of the earth, and we need to gather and worship every seventh day. It's not enough, but all it's more than scant comfort. Years ago, we had the church, which is just another way of saying we had each other. In his seminal little book, Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, let the one who has until now had the privilege of being in Christian community praise God from the depths of his heart. Let him thank God on his knees and declare over and over again, it's grace, only grace, nothing but grace to live with Christian brothers and sisters. We take it all for granted, he says. And he knew this years before they threw him into a German prison camp far from the consolation of the Christian community. Each other is so important because life can be hard and life can be lonely, right? Years ago, Bruno Bettelheim, the one who wrote The Uses of Enchantment, 
The great thinker Bruno Bettelheim said that the greatest fear in the human heart is that we will be alone, we will be abandoned, we will be deserted. Psychologists call it separation anxiety, but it is by no means limited just to infants. It is in us all. If we are not alone, we can even face death. Yes, but if we are alone, even if we have great health, wealth, and creature comforts, we can't face that. That's the one fear we as humans can't face. Our most intense fear is to be alone. Now, if you read through the book of the Acts of the Apostles, and I hope you will before Thanksgiving, if you read straight through to the end of the Acts of the Apostles, you will discover that St. Luke uses every tool in his colloquial cabinet to convince us that those early apostles, Peter, James, John, and the rest, those early apostles were actually superheroes. They do so many amazing and extraordinary things. I think maybe even St. Luke might exaggerate a little bit here and there. For instance, he tells us that those first Christians would pack their sick friends onto gurneys and onto rickshaws and into wheelbarrows and schlep them out to the street in case St. Peter passed by. If St. Peter's shadow fell on the sick, they were cured of whatever ails them. Peter's shadow. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but I'm no St. Peter. My shadow never cured anybody. We thought we could keep Ned Smith alive. We couldn't. (laughs) Still, we have this superpower. We have each other. Every superhero has a superpower, right? Superman has his cape. And Batman has his bat spotlight, and Spider-Man has his sticky web fingers, and Wonder Woman has her magic bracelets, and Aquaman has his trident, and Deadpool has Ryan Reynolds' inimitable smirk and ironic sense of humor, because that's a superpower too. All we've got is each other, but it's a superpower This is what I mean. Someone here is kinder than you. She spends 20 hours a week preparing and delivering food to new parents and the injured. Someone here is defter than you at saying just the right word at just the right moment, at the awfulest moments, at graveside or in the hospital room or at the hospital center, at the hospice center. She is maybe a Stephen minister. Someone here is more articulate than you. He can sit through a heated debate for 45 minutes at a board meeting and not say a word until it's all over, and then he gathers up the whole thing with this brief, brilliant compendium so that it's absolutely clear what we need to do. Someone here is a better teacher than you. She's with the third graders teaching them Bible right now. Someone here has the greater gift of hospitality than you. Maybe Christine Hydes or Diana Connolly, who arranged Homecoming Sunday last week. Food truck, rock concert, bubble man, a kind of a superhero, made us all feel happy and welcome. Someone here is more organized than you. Meg Revord or Scott Folks or Peter Schaff or John Sharp. These people are more organized than Marie Kondo. Someone here is a better evangelist for Jesus than you. 
She could sell gasoline to Elon Musk or convince Richard Dawkins to join this church. Someone here is smarter than you. Someone here is going right now, wait, what? Nobody here is smarter than me. None of us can do it all, but every one of us can contribute something, and together we are almost invincible. During this pandemic, masks and social distancing tried to throw kryptonite on our superpower by keeping us apart from each other. But it didn't work. We just used Zoom and phones and YouTube and the out-of-doors to stay together, to kill cripple, curb, and cancel the kryptonite. We stayed together even though we couldn't be together. I was going through my files this week and found what seemed like an ancient article from the New York Times. It wasn't ancient. It was just 2018, three years ago. Felt like a century ago, 2018. The article was called, Internet Church is Not Really Church. Her thesis was that being together in a sacred space like this, this morning, is superior to worshiping virtually. Good thing she was wrong, right? She never saw COVID coming. Now, in the last 18 months, we've had to expand our definition of what it means to be together, but it works, that expanded definition. On the other hand, one church consultant pointed out that you can have a great relationship on the internet. You know this. Maybe you have a friend or a colleague you've never met. You only know them virtually on the Internet. Maybe you're using Match.com or Bumble or whatever to find a date or a life partner. You can have a great relationship on the Internet. But eventually, you need to be together, right? I mean, really together, face-to-face or shoulder-to-shoulder. And I hope that's as true at church as it is on OkCupid. So I don't know about you, but I'm no St. Peter. My shadow never cured anybody. But we, you and I, we can bring the love of Jesus into sad and even desperate places. We can visit the new widow and let her cry into her glass of wine. We can sit and watch next to bed of tribulation for an hour. We can make that phone call, write that note, send that funny video about your adorable granddaughter or puppy. We can push a wheelchair down the village lanes in a splendid fall day as the autumn leaves swirl around us. We can visit a depressed person and let that person bask in the glow of our unflaggingly sunny disposition. Our superpower is each other. And I will leave you with this wise word from that venerable philosopher, Scotty the engineer from the Starship Enterprise. Scotty the Scott. My wee granny used to say, you cannot break a stick in a bundle. Our bundle is our superpower. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.